Hello there, Rabbi. Hello, Joe. And may I say once again how snappily dressed you are. Why, thank you. Rest, you know, is important. I know, and it's come to my attention more and more these days, especially as I'm doing volunteer work with interfaith groups. And I deal with one group where women, uh, by definition, choose to dress modestly. And in other religious groups where women are actually segregated from men during worship services because of the, uh, of the rules of the faith. Now, I'm not talking necessarily about Orthodox Judaism or certain mm-hmm. Muslim religions, but different cultures all over. And I, I'm struck by how women have to dress different ways according to different religions. And I, I tend to wag my finger a little bit at the fact that the, typically the men of those faiths do not have to follow the same rules. What are your thoughts on that? I've always been fascinated by the definition of modesty of dress. And Judaism says we should dress modestly. I can agree with the theory. The problem is we often use modesty in dress as a way for power and control. So it's not about modesty. It's not about respect. It's about power and control. And that's the sad part because we should be aware of how we dress and we should respect each other, each other's bodies. We should respect clothes. So given modesty and dress, it turns out to be cultural. Then it turns out to be based on century, on year, on date. You know, pants are, not, are women's clothes. A dress, if we're gonna go back historically, into what was considered male and female clothing. And you see it in the movies all the time, that men are wearing robes and dresses, women are in pants, pantaloons, whatever you may wanna call them. Then all of a sudden there was a flip. So what this teaches us is it's not fixed. And that therein lies the problem, Joe, is people wanna fix what's modest to a particular time or century or place regardless of if it's modest or not, or if it calls more attention to the person, or if it's ludicrous, you look like something out of a circus. And I don't think that's modest dress. If people laugh and mock and do cartoons, that's not modest. It's not modest dress at all. And here I'm wearing a shmata around my neck and it's considered formal wear. And and then the width of the shmata meaning a tie, will change with the centuries. I have very skinny ties that now look funny if I put it on, but when I wore it, it was considered elegant. So again, we have to be flexible in our definition of modesty and what the dress, the code would be. Well, and is modesty the only factor? Is there, isn't fashion part of it? I mean, look at Bo Brummel. Yes. Yes, it's all, it's all, in fact, now that we have the internet, it's much easier to influence fashion than it was a thousand years ago. It took boat trips. People had to go from one country to the next to take weeks or months. And I can, I don't remember it, but in the literature, and now it's showing up in period pieces on television, on Netflix, on Prime and others. If you look at England, someone will come in dressed with the latest French fashion. And it's scandalous. And you look at it, it's not scandalous. It's just different. And it comes from France. 
which is always scandalous anyway, because we know the French. But recently in the in the Olympics, the beach volleyball competition where the men's shorts have gotten longer and longer and the women's outfits have gotten skimpier and skimpier. I was going to bring that up because the women are required to wear bikini bottoms. It's in, which was, it's written into the Olympic. That's obscene. That's totally wrong because the only reason for doing that is to have soft porn. That's the only reason for it is to control the women and to get men my age to ogle the women and watch an event. They, it should be dress appropriate to the sport. Look at basketball shorts, look at baseball outfits, look at hockey uniforms. Each sport has developed a uniform, an outfit that allows the person to play the sport. There's no reason for bikini bottoms in beach other than power, control, and domination of men over women and using them to promote the sport. Really. Well, to take it back to religion, though, so many of the rules about outfits, now I'm not saying it's exclusive, but it seems like there's a higher proportion of rules about how women can dress than how men can dress or how men must dress. So is it, is that pure misogyny? Is that, uh, is there any rationale? No. And when did that begin? When did that begin? Because I know it was not always so. We want to do a session on women as the seductress. And that's what you're touching on now. We see that in art, in theater. We see that in religion. As women are evil, women will seduce us. Women will lead us astray. Um, A married man can't be alone with a woman who's not his wife. What kind of foolishness is that? That says more about the man than the woman. It means you don't have respect for another human being. It's ridiculous. And you've touched on that topic, Joe, as women are we did do something on that before um but i'm i'm thinking to get it to clothing i mean why is it that if we say we have a a pretty girl wearing an outfit and i personally think that a long summer dress is a lot more seductive than the the people i see walking around the grocery store parking lot in in spandex uh, because it doesn't leave anything to the imagination. And seduction to me is the imagination more than anything else. Yeah, I think that's a good demonstration of what I mentioned at the beginning, that nothing in and of itself is good, bad, or seductive. It's what the person sees. And what's that century? Um, showing an ankle at one period in history was considered very risque. Now there's nothing left to the imagination. And that, what that tells me is we're not dealing with an absolute. It's a cultural value. It's how we see. And we can watch that in the history of art. We can see what it constitutes seductive, attractive, and what's considered pretty or what's considered not. Look at pictures of people from the 50s. We all laugh. Well, it wasn't funny in the 50s. Why not? That was the way we dressed. That was how we worked. But I think that's our problem, Joe, is people become fixed on a solution, on an ending, on an answer, rather than stepping back and saying, in the 20, what century are we? 21st century. 
what constitutes immodest dress. And if you're going to dress me in the fifth century, the eighth century, whatever you may pick, you may be doing the opposite. You maybe have immodest dress, even though you think it is, it isn't. So let's look at today and let's look at how we can be respectful for our own bodies, for other people. And let's stop using women and exploiting women's bodies to buy a product, to buy a card, to buy a tool, to watch an Olympic event. It's disrespectful. It's disrespectful to the Olympics and, and our participants. No reason. No reason. And I saw something to put another aspect to it, although it's not completely different. Uh, I saw a tweet the other day of a woman who posted that she took a T-shirt out of the boys section of a clothing store and hung it on the rack in the girls section because all the girls clothes were daisies and, and unicorns. And she saw a T-shirt with a NASA logo on it. And she said, I move this from the boys department to the girls department, come and get me. And uh, she actually got mixed reviews about people being negative and positive about doing something like that. And uh, so is it, is it partly, I know it's partly about seduction, I know it's about control, but is it also partly, these, this is what women are supposed to be. They're supposed to be pretty, but not too pretty. Well, the reverse is also true. And we, we see that with men and emotions and feelings rather than acknowledging there are differences between men and women. There are differences between different human beings in terms of feelings, but no one has a monopoly on any one of them. And we're not allowing people to be themselves or to be people. Uh, if you want to wear flowers and unicorns, wear flowers and unicorns. If you want to wear NASA, wear NASA. Whatever, you, what, However you want to express yourself, how you feel comfortable, but it goes in the face of power and control because there are too many individuals that want some of us to be this and not that. Uh, I was at a wedding yesterday. No, it was at the rehearsal on Friday. And I was talking with a couple of the groomsmen and the wife of one of the groomsmen just came over and we were talking and she, she, use some, wasn't even colorful language. It wasn't, I didn't, eh. but the, one of the guys wanted to embarrass her and said, you know, you're talking to the rabbi. And she started apologizing. And I said, I spent 40 years in a psychiatric hospital with veterans. There is nothing you have to apologize for. There's not, oh, and she would not be consoled. And I resent that. I resent that somehow someone thinks that I can't hear words or language, or that'll offend me. If you don't want to use them, don't use them. Don't use them ever. If it's okay to use them to the groomsmen, it's okay to use them to me. I think that's the problem, is we're putting people in roles or saying, don't say that, that's my mother. My grandmother shouldn't hear that. Where do you think you were born? What do you, what do you think your grandmother was doing? <laughs> what, you can't talk about it in front of your grandma? This is silly. Because we're focusing on the wrong things. We have to focus on human beings as human beings and respectful of all people. And we want to be respectful in the clothes that we wear, in the language we use, with everyone. 
and not just say, oh, I'm, you can't hear this because you're the rabbi. Well, I respect you, Rabbi, now, as always, for your wisdom and a willingness to share and also that snappy tie. Although short sleeves, I don't know how that works, but we'll, we'll forgive it because of the weather. <laughs> Thank you, Joe. It's always good talking with you.